0: Is it hard to figure out God's voice? Should our ministry abroad be different than at home? We're going to talk about that and more. This is The Engaging Missions Show, episode 202 with Nellie Ramirez.
1: Welcome to The Engaging Missions Show, where we are
0: bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm really glad that you're here. Our goal is to equip, challenge, and inspire you to connect, Care, give, and go. This week we're going to be talking with our guest about how hearing God's voice and asking for clarity has guided her life. We're also going to talk about medical ministry, and there's a whole lot more that we're going to hit. Before we do that, I would like to welcome Darren and Tom. They recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page and I'm really glad that they did that. Sometimes I share things there that I don't necessarily share everywhere else. And if you would like to do that as well, you can visit facebook.com slash engaging missions. In a few minutes, after we've talked with Nelly for a little bit, I'm gonna have a an audiobook recommendation for you, it's something that I think that you might enjoy. And then after we've talked with Nelly, I'm going to have a couple of ways that you can get involved if you would like to partner with me in a, a couple of things that we have going on. I'm not going to take any more time to talk about that. We're going to go straight to our time with Nelly, and then I'll come back at the end. All right. Today, I am so excited to have with me Nelly Ramirez. This is going to be really good. She is the vice president of Global Liberty Missions and is also heavily involved in counseling and treating substance abuse. She's been a missionary to Zimbabwe, South Africa, Mozambique, Indonesia, Ecuador, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. She's also worked with inner city homeless, prisoners, inmates, addicts, and she's been teaching about drugs and alcohol as well as HIV and AIDS. Beyond that, she's also the author of Wholeness Workshop and How to Leave Your Church the Right Way. And believe me, there's more where that come, came from. So Nelly, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Brian.
0: Oh, this is absolutely my pleasure. Now, in that introduction, I talked about years and years of stuff that you've done. There, there's a lot to, to draw from there. And I'm just kind of wondering, before we get started, what is it that has your attention or is getting most of your focus right now?
1: Oh, there's so many things. I have a 93-year-old mother, and I help take care of her part-time, and I'm in private practice, and of course, I have our mission team. We're doing a lot of things. We're, we're, we are we're meet every single Thursday night. We pray. We get the mind of God, and then we go out, and we do things in the community when we're not Planning to go like overseas or someplace else, for instance, next week we'll be working with a children 's camp, and that 's a real interesting thing to do. We go and we pray in nursing homes and hospitals and we went to the police station and the EMS and the fire department and we we try to do missions here at home when we 're mm-hmm. not going out someplace else and I just as a missionary for a few years now. I I just want to put all that I have that God has placed in me into younger people, and I don't want to leave this life and and not have done that. And so that's what I feel like the Lord has, has me doing at this particular time.
0: Wow, that's great. I love that you're doing stuff at home, that you're really focusing on people that are deeply in need, and also that that focus on pouring into the young people. I'm wondering, can you share a little bit more about pouring into the young people and making sure that you're giving them what God has for them?
1: Well, I'm doing training with them. I've had them take different classes. We went and we took a suicide prevention class, which they all loved, and we've all got benefits from it, and two of us have already used that class, helping people, which is great. I did a class on trauma, helping them to know how to deal with people in trauma, because we want to, if there's a disaster in our area, we want to be like first responders for that disaster, and this fall, we're going to be taking some classes so that we're well-equipped to go out and if there's a tornado, a flood, if there's a terrorist attack, just a lot of different things like that that we're ready and we're equipped to go out and do and work with people.
0: Man, I, I absolutely love that. It, it seems like a lot of times when we think about ministry or mission-type work, that a lot of the focus is on evangelism and the gospel, and, and that's certainly appropriate. There, there's also oh, yeah. a focus sometimes on orphanages, but it sounds like what you're doing is trying to be where you're needed, when you're needed most, at the times that you're needed most. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, that's, that, that is just where we are. And I have a really awesome team. We're called the MIAs, Missions and Actions. (laughs) And so I've I've done a lot of training with them and helping them and, you know, focusing on the spiritual also so that they're equipped to pray with people. In other words, they can go into an area and, and they can deal with whatever's going on in that area with the person, you know, and they can begin to pray with the person, comfort the person and, you know, speak into their lives. It's just, a, a, I, I just, I tell you, I have such an awesome team of people that it just is, it, to me, it's amazing. And we, th- with this group, I've only had this group for about two years now, and yeah. they have just grown in the Lord tremendously. And I, I, I'm just proud of every single one of them.
0: That, that's great. Now, you, you've spent some time overseas. You've, you've talked about a number of trips that you've taken. You're also here in the U.S., and you're doing things as sort of homeland missions. I'm wondering, from, from your experience, can you share maybe one or two of the key ways that you've seen this kind of ministry, this kind of missions work, have a positive impact on people's lives?
1: I, I, would, I would say that That I have seen our team grow spiritually and their gifts and talents come forth as never before, Mm. especially those who went on their first mission trip. One lady had a hard time believing God for the finances to go, and we just encouraged her to believe the Lord and to praise him for it and to let people know that she was going to go and she was planning, and we had written a letter telling what we would be doing and so forth. Our last trip was into Ecuador, and that was a few, well, a month or two ago now. And anyway, she began to give her letters out to friends and relatives and so forth, and she works for a home health care, and she went into a lady's home, and she was telling the lady that, you know, she wanted to go on her first mission trip. She was just telling her about that. And so this lady told one of her friends, and her friends came over and gave our missionary $500. Mm. And she was so excited about that, how God had answered. The lady didn't even know. Our missionary. She didn't even know her, but you, but that's God, isn't it? <laughs> that's yeah. just how He works. And and so she was thrilled. She went and she just did an awesome job, and we saw her talents and gifts just just come forth. And and you know, she sat in church and sat in church and just seemingly never using her talents or her gifts as a Christian. But when she went on the mission field, it was just like God just. She was so ripe, you know, for the Lord to use her in, in very special ways. And I, I, I think that's one of the things that have, has really impacted me as a missionary.
0: Wow, that that's really neat. Now, when, when you're... Planning to be involved, whether it's something at home or abroad, so to speak, I would assume that there's some level of preparation, some things that you do to make sure that when you're going in, you're, you're going in with a right attitude, a right heart, right perspective. Can you share with us a little bit about what, not only what that preparation looks like, but also your perspective on the, the right approach or a good approach, maybe?
1: Well, before we go in, I stress for us to come together and to pray Now The number one thing is prayer, Mm. and the number two thing, I think, is unity, that we're all on the same page, we're all going to go to do the same thing, we work as a group together, we uplift one another, we pray for one another, and we go in with an attitude of a servant's heart. And I've told them, no matter what we do, we go in humbly and with a servant's heart, If the dishes need washing, we wash the dishes. If the floor needs sweeping, we sweep the floor. But we wash clothes. We do whatever needs to be done wherever we go and wherever we stay. And I I just see them coming forth in such a beautiful and a wonderful way. We have one girl that's on the team, and she paints. And she went into Ecuador, and she was there to show other people how to paint. And she actually helped a young couple start their own business. And I thought that was so incredible, you know. Also, while we were in Ecuador, the Wycliffe, there were two people there that did translating for Wycliffe, mm-hmm. and they needed their house painted. And I, three of my girls went in, and they just painted the whole inside of their house. I mean, I just, I just saw such servants' hearts, and I just saw them flourish as they went in, and they just wanted to serve. And so that's exactly what they did. We, you know, and when we meet people, we don't say to them, okay, we'll just pray for you and just walk away. Right then and there, we stop. We we meet the need right where it is. We begin to pray for people. We pray for the sick. We saw people healed. We saw miracles take place, signs and wonders the Lord did. And this is what I want to come out from these young people is they, they realize that they have talents and gifts that God has placed in the inside of them and that they can, wow. this can work in their life as well as the older people within the congregation.
0: Man, I, I just, I love what you're sharing. And and to be completely honest, you're kind of calling me up short a little bit too, because you mentioned praying with people at the moment of the prayer need. And for me, sometimes I struggle with that. I, I kind of want to put it off until a time when I have that list in front of me. And uh, I, I don't always do a great job of that. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up. As you think about what God's been doing in your life and in your ministry over the last few months or the last year, has there been anything that God has been teaching you or revealing to you over
1: that time? Yeah, well, you know what? I I try to 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 spend the my first time, my first hours in the morning with the Lord and more than just saying, "Okay, I'm going to read three chapters or I'm going to read two in the old and one in the new or something mm-hmm. like that." I I I tend to want to sit before the Lord and just listen to what he's saying. I I might read a passage of Scripture, and one verse comes to my my mind, and I will begin to meditate on that verse of Scripture. And I'll, I'll say, now, Lord, there's more in this than just reading this. I've got to have more out of this. You've got to tell me what you're really saying to my life through this Scripture. And I had a scripture that I read and the Lord gave me an entire sermon out of it, but I thought about that. I mused on it. I spent time listening to the Lord and saying, Lord, I've got to have more, I've got to have more out of this scripture. And the scripture has really become very dear to me, and it's Colossians one thirteen, who has delivered us from the powers of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And as I, I took that scripture apart, I was like, what does that really mean to me? You've delivered me out of darkness. That means I'm no longer in the, in the, in the, in Satan's kingdom. I am now in God's kingdom. What does that mean to me? That means that if in Satan's kingdom there is sickness, in God's kingdom there is healing and wholeness. And I have a choice each day which kingdom I'm gonna live in. And I, I got so much out of that verse of scripture. I wrote an entire sermon out of it. <laughs> wow. It was so it was so good. And it went down the line. If I have hatred in the dark in the kingdom of darkness, I have love. I have love in the kingdom of God. I mean it just the the contrast of that. And then each day I choose which kingdom I'm going to live in. Even though I'm saved, I can go back to the kingdom of darkness and stay Mm. sick. Or I can say, no, I am not in that kingdom. Nothing in that kingdom belongs to me. But everything in God's kingdom belongs to me. So health and wellness belongs to me. Pain in my body, you leave because you do not belong to me because I'm in the kingdom of light and I, I I'm telling you I got so much out of this one verse of scripture, and I think we miss it when we don't spend time just saying to the Holy Spirit holy Spirit I need to hear from you. I need to sit and hear from you. I need to know what you are saying to me today. What is my assignment for today? Because God has an assignment for every single person. But it's, it takes time to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you specifically. And when you do that, God will talk to you all day long. Wow. <laughs> he just will. He just I- will.
0: That, that's That's really deep you know it's so easy sometimes to grab a devotional and read a verse or two and or or maybe even four or five chapters just to kind of burn through the Bible in a year so you can can say that you did it and, and I appreciate right. that you're, you're you're doing that and I'm, i guess i'm I'm thinking specifically about how you order your life because you mentioned that you have a mother who's aging and you you have a private practice and you also right. go out and do a number of things with the ministry locally as well as abroad how do you approach order during your time? How, how do you bring in structure as well as the flexibility that's needed in that kind of environment?
1: Well, you know what? If you spend the time with the Lord, He said He'll make everything else fall into line in your life. Mm. And that is so true. It seems like when I really give God the the quality time that I really need. Cause I, I I'm the one that needs the quality time. He doesn't right. need it. <laughs> so, so when I give him that quality time, it's like the red carpet is rolled out for the rest of the day. And then I'm just like walking on air mm. because he's already given me my assignment. I know exactly what to do, when to do it and how to do it. And he makes everything fall into line. I've seen that so, so many times, but it's, it's in that quality time that you, you spend before the Lord there. There, nobody can do that for you. <laughs> nobody can, yeah. can hand you anything like that. It is your personal, personal relationship with the Lord. I remember talking to a young man and I said, you know, a lot of people know about Jesus, but very few people have a personal intimate relationship with him that you can call on him at any moment and you can talk to him at any moment and then just listen for his answer coming back to you. And he he speaks to you in so many ways, speaks in a still small voice in the inside of you. You can hear it in your, your head. He'll give you a vision or a dream, or you'll be reading the word of God, and it'll just come alive to you because he speaks to you. in every every way that you are listening, if you have a spiritual ear, you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, tune my ears into you. Let me hear you. Let me hear what you're saying and how you're saying it. And you, you just walk with the Lord, and you ask him a question, and he'll be right there to answer it for you. So awesome.
0: Yeah. Man, I I just, I love what you're sharing. We are going to need to take a quick break, though. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more specifically towards your ministry. Okay. If you're looking for books or podcasts related to missions or missional living or church planting, you may want to check out missionalaudio.com. It's a resource that I've been working on, a website where you can find books and podcasts, Specifically, audiobooks and podcasts related to missions, missional living, and church planting. This week, I'm featuring a book called Sun Stand Still. This is a book that was recommended by one of our guests. It's by Stephen Furtick, and it's, I'll just read a little bit about you. It says, If you're not daring to believe God for the impossible, you may be sleeping through some of the best parts of your Christian life. This is, uh, I've I've been told this is a very encouraging book and it might be worth checking out. That's at missionalaudio.com. And if you know of any resources, any podcasts or audio books that might be a great addition to that website, visit missionalaudio.com and suggest those. I want to make this an amazing resource for the body of Christ to connect with audio resources to help us grow and to be effective and to grow in our intimacy with Christ. That's missionalaudio.com. Well, we are back with Nelly Ramirez. She's just been knocking my socks off with some of the things that she's shared as far as, one of them actually kind of called me up short a little bit, but you know, I I learn and I hear from God and I try to then take what he shows me and move forward with that. And I I hope that that's also working that way in your life. Now, Nelly, as, as we're thinking about your ministry, you have a lot going on. It sounds like a lot of it is related to medical work or, you know, helping people in very difficult situations. And I'm just wondering, as you think back over your life, what was it that, led you toward this kind of calling?
1: Well, I was vacuuming my floor one day and the Lord gave me an open vision. And I truly had really not had a vision like that before in my entire life. And I saw all of these people coming toward me. And I said to myself, I'm in Africa. Mm. And then after that, I began, I was so excited. I just knew it was like something that the, you know, the Lord just came up to me and said, you're going to Africa. But he showed me that in a vision. And I told my pastor and he laughed about it. And I told some friends and they laughed at me. And so I said, well, Lord, you know, I know what I saw. I know what you showed me. I'm going to shelf it. I'm going to put it up on a shelf and if this is truly what you want for my life, you'll bring it to pass because I'm doing, I'm not going to do one thing but to bring it to pass because it has to be all you. Mm. And I, I waited and I, about five years later, I met a lady in one of the meetings and she asked me to go to lunch with her. And I said, yeah, I would meet her for lunch. And I met her for lunch and I was sitting there and she asked me to go to Africa with her. Oh, Now, I wanted to get out of the booth that I was sitting in and jump up and down and scream and and run around the place and say, "Yes, Lord, you you you're you're true. You did it. How awesome you are!" You know. But I sat there and I said, "Oh, yeah, yeah I I would like to do that." <laughs> <laughs> One of those kind of things. But I, inside, I was jumping up and down. It was so awesome, you know. And when you go into Africa they only want people to come in that can benefit their country. In other words, you can't say I'm a missionary or I'm coming in to preach the gospel. They don't want that. But if you're coming in to do something for the people, then they want you to come in. And I was at that time, I was going to school to get my license for alcohol and drug abuse. And I had a I saw a class that I could take that would give me a lot of hours and it was a class on HIV and AIDS. Hmm. And somehow I thought, Oh, that'll give me a lot of hours towards my, you know, towards my license. And so I said, well, I think I might take that, you know? So I sent for the material and it came in a very, very thick book. And on the, on the front of the book, it said, read all this material before you come to class. (laughs) And I was like, I threw it on the table and I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But as it, as it sat on the table and it got closer to the time that I was to take the class, I was actually drawn to read that book. Mm. I was so drawn to read that book. And so I began to read it and I went and I took the class. And so that was what I was actually asked to go to Africa to do was to go in and educate the people on hiv and aids and this has been gosh this has been 20 years or more ago and 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 uh, the lord had it all orchestrated i just had to follow his leading that that was that was the thing but i from that i began to go into africa and i began to teach but our main thrust was to get the gospel into the people i've seen many very sad situations in africa because of very young people dying from AIDS. It's a horrible, horrible disease. Any, a, anyway, but we got in with the gospel. We were able to pray for people. We were able to minister to people. We were able to lead lead people to the Lord. It was just, it was a fantastic time. And I went to Africa for almost 10 years straight. And I I, I wouldn't trade those years for anything. Some of the The mission trips were hard trips. We went into rural areas. My friend and I got malaria at one Mm. point. I mean, just, but the adventures and the things that that we saw and the people that God touched, it was just phenomenal. It was, I have tons and tons of stories about Africa. I could go on forever about the things that happened (laughs) there, but just beautiful, wonderful things that the Lord did. And I think, the Lord will use you if you're just willing. You don't have to be the most educated. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be in high society. You don't have to have a whole lot of money because God has all that anyway. You just have to be a willing vessel, willing for him to move and use you. And he will certainly use you in ways you have never even dreamed about.
0: Wow. You mentioned that you have, you know, years and years of stories of what God's done. I'm wondering, as you think over those years, could you maybe pick one story and just kind of share with us one of the things that you saw God do over the years as you were going to to and from Africa?
1: Well, once we went into Mozambique and on the way there, the van that we were in was stopped because we were almost out of gas. Mm. And the men took the, the containers and hitchhiked to go to a gas station someplace and get gas because they didn't want our van to run out. And so we were there for a long time. It was extremely hot. We were sitting there. And so I began to ask the Lord, I said, Lord, why are we here? There must be some reason why we're stopped at this particular place. And so I I kept asking the Lord, said, Lord, why are we here? Why are we here? And he said, well, I want to save some people. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, let me look around here. There must be somebody. And I looked over and I saw a group of people. And I went over to them and I tried to talk to them, but I didn't know their language. So I ran back to the van and I got the pastor's wife. I said, can you speak to these people? And I had this little salvation track and I gave it to her. And I said, take this track and minister to these people's salvation. I said, because the Lord's already told me he wants to save some people here. Mm. So she started to, 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 to do the track, to read the track to them. And as she was reading the track, I said, no, 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 no. Go to the back of the track and finish it because God's already told me he's going to save all these people. And so she went to the back of the track. Well, every one of the people got saved. Mm. And then I told her, I said, well, you tell them I'm going to lay hands on them and I'm going to pray for them. And I thought to myself, well, if I pray in tongues, they, they, they'll, I'll scare them. And then I thought, well, they won't understand my language anyway, no matter how, how I pray. So I began to lay hands on them and pray for these people. There were about five of them. And then I came to this one lady, and as I began to pray for her, all of heaven came down over this woman. It was just so phenomenal. It was mm. like God was just standing there with this Holy Spirit to just overshadow myself and her. And I, I told the pastor's wife, I said, tell her that God wants her to minister to people here, you know? And so the pastor's wife and her had a little conversation back and forth, and the pastor's wife said, she wants you to stay here and start a church. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. She's going to be the one that starts the church. Mm. And so from, from that point on, she kept get, going out and getting people and bringing them back to us. So that they could receive Jesus and, and 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 no time they came with the gas they put the gas in there, and as we pulled away, there was lots and lots of people around this lady, and we had left tracks and everything and their language there for them, and she was already ministering to these people, so I was like, "Lord, you are just so awesome mm. in the way that you do things, and sometimes." When we get in a tight place, we always think about what I got to get out of this, I got to get out of this. But we have to stop. We have to look around and we got to say, Lord, what is it here that you want me to do? Because as soon as you do what the Lord has you there to do, then he moves you on. (laughs) And so many people are in their place and they're yelling and screaming and say, God, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. And the Lord saying, when you finish your task here, I'm going to move you on, but you haven't finished your task. (laughs) So anyway, yeah. And, and I, we saw so many things like that take place. And just every place we went, the Lord moved. He did awesome things in people's lives, just phenomenal things. We were once in a conference and we we're right next to a, a beer joint there, right next to us. Mm. And so we were over there praying in the conference and worshiping and worshiping the Lord. And the people ran out of the beer joint and they said, why are those people throwing water on us? And we never threw water on these people at all. It was the uh, the spilling over of the Holy <laughs> Spirit God was just so doing things in this conference for people, and you know, in the healings and the deliverances and so forth. And it just—it was just—it was phenomenal. And we—we we were, you know, we were able to witness to people like that. They were saying, "No, we didn't throw any water on you guys. You just—you were just in the overflow." Mm.
0: I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about how God sometimes moves in your life because I, I know that you've been to a number of different places and you've shared how in a, at least a couple of times God was very specific about you're going to go here, you're going to do this thing, or this is, this is what I'm about to do here. Is that how God typically leads you, or are there other ways that he works in your life as well?
1: Sometimes God gives me one word. And then if I step up and tell our pastor I have something to say, he'll say, we'll come up, you know, and say it. Mm. And when I say that one word, God will begin to give me a whole lot of things to say. He will give me prophecy or whatever. But it's in the stepping out. And sometimes it's pretty scary, you know, because you don't know what's going to come out or what's going to take place. But as you... And he does that in everybody's life. You know, he doesn't give us the whole the whole enchilada. He maybe gives us one or two little things. And if we will, by faith, step out on what he is giving us, he will he will begin to give us more and more and more in our lives. I, I, he's spoken to me in so many different ways. I think it's your openness and your surrenderness to the Lord. You have to surrender your life. And we have to realize that our life is not our own; we are bought with a price, and it's the precious blood of Jesus. He bought us, he's paid for us. we don't belong to ourselves, and we daily we need to ask him, Lord, what path, what do you want me to go? For? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Who do you want me to bless? Who do you want me to call? Do you want me to write somebody? you want me to text somebody? What, what are you saying to me today, Lord? I want to be a blessing. I want you to speak through my life into somebody else's life. I want to help change people. I want to help be you. I want, you know, like boots on the ground type thing. Mm. And I, I believe that we're going to be boots on the ground. And the young people, especially in these end times, are going to do exploits that we have not even seen yet on the earth. Wow. Wow
0: kind of going back to some some of your experiences you've mentioned a number of different countries that you've been to or you know we've talked about Africa a little bit about Mozambique and I'm also wondering when when you go to a, a foreign country do you find ways to partner with local ministries do you do you go there on your own how do you how do you approach doing that so that you know that you're making the the most impact
1: well I know people well I, over the years I know people in Africa so we're invited there, you know, mm. but we don't go, we don't stay in hotels. We don't stay, you know, in hostels or anything like that. Our motels, we stay with the people, we stay in their homes. And that way we get to not only know the people, we know their customs, we know their traditions we get to know, you know, more about the culture, about what is going on in that in that particular area. We know how best to minister to the people. And so that I think that's the thing. A lot of people go in as missionaries and they don't stay with the people. So they don't get really the flavor of what of what's going on in that mm. particular community and they don't understand the culture. It's their their culture is extremely different for instance, a lady came up to me once and she says, could you please pray for me? And she said, because my husband's other wife is giving me problems. Mm. And I'm like, uh, 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 "Uh, you know, what do I pray for? Right. Her? You know, you know, and, and then encountering like some men, men are very elevated as to as to women, women are very kind of put down. They 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 are owned, in other words. And for a white woman as I am to go in there, I'm Caucasian. Mm-hmm. My husband is Hispanic. For me to go in there and to minister, I was careful of how I conducted myself and the things that I said. But I was very straightforward with the men. I had a man come in one time that was a pastor and he went in to know why his church wasn't growing. And so I began to talk to him and he began to tell me, he said, I've been fasting. I've been praying. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. Blah, 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 blah. And I I was like, okay, Lord, what's going on with this man? And he kept talking. He kept talking. And pretty soon he said to me, he said, what happens in your country if the husband beats the wife? Mm. And I said, well, they put him in jail. And he goes, no. And I said, yeah. I said, and I thought to myself, all of a sudden, that's your problem. You know, I said, because you are not obeying the word of God. You are to honor your wife. You know, and I just I ministered to him and I said, I said, you go home and apologize to your wife. And I said, and ask God to reinstate your marriage. I said, when you're at odds with your wife, God can't answer your prayers. I said, here's the scripture. And I went to the scripture and showed him the scripture, you know, um, where he needed to, to, to be at peace with his wife and to honor God. He he needs to love his wife. And so, he went home and his whole ministry turned around wow. and he was very he was very thankful but he was dishonoring his wife therefore he was not in obedience he was not in line with what god had said you're supposed to treat your wife so it's just things like that that you encounter when you go to foreign countries, you kind of uh, need to know the culture, but you know what? The word of God is the final authority, no matter what the traditions or what the customs are that we have to, it's not our experiences. Mm. It's not what happened to us or what happened to grandma or what happened in our, you know, in the past in our life. It's the word of God. We we have to put that as a, our firm foundation, and as as we obey the Word of God, we will get the promises and the benefits, and they'll come and overtake us.
0: Man, I, I'm just I'm just floored by that. That's that's such a powerful story of what God did in and through your life. You know, when when I think about cross cultural ministry, we definitely spend a lot of time trying to make sure that we don't go in and unnecessarily offend people or you know misunderstand the culture. And clearly, that kind of stuff happens, right? We 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 still mess things up. But I love what happens when you're able to speak into somebody's life and and bring the word of God. And I, I would assume that that kind of thing comes both directions when you have those experiences because they're also seeing with a different set of eyes. And so they don't have the same cultural biases that we do as, as we, and and one other thing, you know, as we head toward the, the second break. When you were sharing the story about God talking to you and giving you a vision while you were vacuuming the floor, the thing that keeps coming back to me about that is that God did the same kind of thing with Moses and the burning bush, that he was there doing, discharging his duties, doing the work, and that's when God spoke to him. And I would suspect that there are a lot of people that God would like to talk to if they would realize that, that he can speak to them while they're at work or while they're doing their chores or things like that. So, Nellie, thank you for sharing that. We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time more toward providing resources. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Missions show. Well, the greatest thing I've seen come out of short-term missions is people's relationship with Christ. They learn that God is everywhere. They learn God has never left them or forsaken them. They learn God can use them if they are willing to be used, if they're available and flexible and just yielded. If they truly believe, uh, Romans 12, to offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice, which is our worship, acceptable service unto him. And when they do that, they always see the Lord. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Missions Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. Well, we're back with Nellie Ramirez, and I'm just absolutely loving this conversation. Now we're shifting our focus more toward providing a little bit of perspective and resources. We've definitely heard from Nelly's experiences, and there's some depth of knowledge right there. Now thinking, Nellie, about maybe somebody who's who's maybe involved in the marketplace, and they're starting to wonder if what they're doing in in work or in, in ministry is really having any impact in the kingdom. What would you share with somebody if they're starting to question what God's doing through them?
1: I would say that the plan that God has for each person is individual. And so Jesus died for you, and you are precious in his sight. He will give you direction if you will take time to listen because the Bible said the steps of a good man or woman are ordered of the Lord. Nothing takes place and, at, unless we hook up with the Lord and listen to what he's saying to us. We can be assured if we have peace about what we're doing, whether it's business or ministry, that we're going in the right direction. If we are kind of discombobulated or frustrated or any of those kind of things, confused, then maybe we might not be going the right direction. So we need to meditate on the word and ask God, what direction does he want us to go in? And he may only give you one word or two words or a sentence. But sometimes what I do is I begin to sit and journal. And that means that all I do is I just write down what God is saying back to me. After I ask him a question, I begin to think about it and I say, "Now, God, what are you saying to me? And I just write down whatever comes into my heart, to my mind, or to my spirit. And I am am utterly surprised how God is talking to me as I'm writing. And when I read it, I'm like, wow, that's just the answer I needed.
0: Wow, I I love that. As you think about... Opportunities to minister. You, you I, one of the things I appreciate about what you're doing is that you've found some really practical ways to help both here and abroad. And I'm wondering, are there other ministry opportunities that are often right in front of our faces that maybe we just don't see?
1: I I think there are. I think I think every day is a ministry day because God wants to use us in awesome ways. You know, the Bible says that we are special and peculiar people. And so he will minister through you. So sometimes when I go to the marketplace, I I ask the Lord, Lord, is there somebody or something that I can pray about or for at this place? For instance, today I went to the cleaners to put a shirt in for my husband and I put the shirt in, and the lady came up to the register. She goes, oh, my back just hurts so bad. Mm. And I said, well, as soon as I pay for this dry cleaning that I'm getting out, I said, I want to pray for you. And so she was very willing. She put her hand out, and I just prayed for her right there. I mean, I didn't say no long, long, long prayer. Mm. You know, I just you know, just pray, Jesus, you're the healer, just to ask you to heal her back. We command the, the the pain to leave her back in Jesus' name and you know, I just few simple words. And she's very appreciated, you know, of that. And we've seen God just just heal people just like that because that's what he's that's what he wants to do. He wants to he wants to show himself strong on the behalf of his people. And so if we're bold And I ask for boldness all the time. And, and when I teach the, our team, I said, you got to be bold. You got to be ready to pray for people. It's not you healing them. We couldn't heal a fly, but Jesus has already done the work. Mm. So we speak his name. Then, then, then something happens. I know the Lord spoke to me and he said to me one day as I was sitting, he said, stop using my name in vain. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He said, stop using my name in vain. And I said, well, Lord, I'm not cussing. What do you mean by that? And he said, when you speak my name, expect something to happen. So we go forth and we pray for people and we expect what God has already paid for to come to pass.
0: Man, that that is just absolutely full of stuff. I love the, the perspective that every day is a ministry day. That's something that's so easy to forget. Is there maybe a book or a resource that you'd like to
1: recommend for us? Well, I can just, well, there are lots of good (laughs) authors out there now. I mean, really tremendously wonderful authors. But I'm reading right now, it's called Deliverance of the Brain. And I have never read anything quite like this book. It's just totally awesome. It's by Dr. DK, and I'll spell his last name because I'll probably not pronounce it right. O-L-U-K-O-Y-A, and he is an author from, I believe, Nigeria, Mm -hmm. and he has some awesome material, and this book is really, really very good. I know back in the 70s, people used to pray a lot of deliverance for people, and that kind of like waned away, Mm -hmm. because people got delivered, and then they didn't know how to keep it, so they went back to the old ways, and... Because people need to be taught how to keep what they get from the Lord, especially deliverance, and this guy just really explains explains a lot of that, and I, I think that's really really would be really good for anyone to read.
0: Wow, that that's good stuff. And speaking of prayer, I'm wondering how can we best pray for you and your team?
1: I think that the classes and the things that we're going to begin to take we're going to take some classes on community emergency response training for wildfires, floods, hurricanes, terrorist attacks, tornadoes, that kind of thing that we will really apply ourselves and and that we will be a blessing. I just we want to be a blessing to our community and then wherever God sends us. You know, I would like to go and it's been in my heart to go to Thailand And I'm very concerned about sex trafficking Mm. in those areas because that is, that's one thing that's not only going on here in the United States, but especially in those countries. And it's mostly children and very young girls. And it's just, it's such a sad, sad thing that's taking place. And if we can go and get people out or young people out and put them in orphanages and places that they have over there that are Christians, that pray for them, that teach them about the word of God, and they receive Christ into their life and their whole lives can be changed. I mean, if you can change one person's life, your life is worth living. I just, you know, it's been on my heart for some time to go there. And I'm just waiting really right for the Lord to open the door for us to go.
0: Wow. That's great. And for those of you that are listening, I would like to encourage you to just take a minute right now, stop this and take that minute to pray for Nellie and her team, because I, speaking from my experience, and I don't want to put this on you, but I know how easy it is to walk by something and think, I'm going to pray about that. And then a couple of hours later, you forget what it was. So I'd like to encourage you to do that. Stop by the show notes page at engagingmissions.com slash Nelly Ramirez to find a link to the book that Nellie mentioned. Nellie, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: I've enjoyed every minute of it, Brian. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh,
0: it's my pleasure. I really hope that you enjoyed our time together with Nellie. I know that I did, and I'm really thankful that she took the time to do this. The show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Nellie Ramirez. Make sure you stop by and check those out. We continue to work on ways to make those more valuable to you, and I think that you'll find them useful. At very least, you'll find links and ways to connect with Nelly. A couple other things that you'll find there, and I mentioned this at the beginning. There are a couple of ways that I'm interested in having you partner with me. First off, I'm in the middle of a fundraiser this year for Global Initiative. They provide resources for the global body of Christ to engage Muslims. It's very effective ministry. It's something that they do across denominational lines, across national lines, and it's really valuable, and I'm believing God for $4,000 to help them in this ministry, and I'm asking you to partner with me. If you would visit engagingmissions.com fund16, you'll find more information there, and all I would ask that you do is go there, take a minute, and pray about it, and ask God if he would have you be involved in what they're doing by helping provide for them. None of this money goes to me or to Engaging Missions or anything like that. It's all going straight to the ministry so that they're able to continue providing what they do. The other way, and this does benefit me, it also benefits my guests, I would ask that you take a minute to visit the Podcast Awards at podcastawards.com and nominate the Engaging Missions show for an award. This is something that I'm hoping and praying will increase the visibility of the show and perhaps bring some more people who might be interested in what our guests have going on and also might be encouraged by what God has been doing in their lives. You'll find both of these links in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Ramirez. Now, next week, we're going to be hearing from a return guest, Bruce Koble. He's the missions pastor at my church. He's actually in the process of moving toward retirement or toward rebooting, but we took some time to talk about planning powerful trips, preparation overall, leadership, and a lot more as it relates to short-term missions and what he's been doing over the years. If you want to catch that, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the show. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe to find all of the various ways that you can subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for the show, please email those to feedback at engagingmissions.com. I would really appreciate your feedback because I want to make sure that this show is meeting your needs and is providing the very best experience for you so that you can be equipped, challenged, and inspired in what God has for you. Thanks for listening to The Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.